Sinners and Saints, dust off those horns and halos. It's time for Alec After Dark. Isn't it interesting, or maybe the word's fascinating, or probably scary, how bipolar life is? Have you ever thought about that? It is this really unique characteristic of life that holds us all hostage. One minute, life is perfect and you're happy. And then within a blink of an eye, your life could be turned upside down. And I guess I'm feeling really melancholy as I'm recording this. And I don't know why I want to say those words. I, I know I've mentioned that the podcast for me is a form of therapy. I get to share some of my deepest secrets and my thoughts both dark and light and sexual, and it gives me a sense of freedom. And I know that there are people that listen to the podcast that are judging me, but I don't really care about that. I don't receive it direct other than reviews and things like that. And that's not why I'm doing this anyway. So I just find it interesting how one moment everything seems right and then everything seems wrong. Am I the only one who feels this way? I guess I'm sounding a little bipolar myself. I do suffer with depression sometimes, and I do like to tell jokes and and be funny as a mechanism of coping. Maybe I'm suffering from some post-Halloween blues as well. It is my favorite holiday, and I am not the biggest fan of holidays anyway. It's like when you're in you're a kid, Christmas is just the most exciting time of the year. Uh, Santa Claus and presents and candy and good food and everybody seems to get along and there seems to be peace at least in our own little worlds. But as an adult, it becomes more like obligation and financial burden. My favorite time during Christmas is a certain Christmas party where you are to bring an unwrapped toy as your admission. And it is my favorite party to go to. We call it's Mama Jean's Christmas party. Mama Jean is a wonderful soul that we lost about seven, eight years ago, way too soon. He was someone that took care of all of us. He was that steady, guiding, fierce hand that really could ground you and put you back on solid ground, if you will. He was a straight talker and a no bullshit kind of guy, a total diva, but a queen nonetheless. And the party continues even after his death. And it is an amazing legacy that, that Mama Jean has. And it is, in my opinion, the social event of the season. It brings me the most happiness of that time of year. I think most of you know I hate winter. I hate cold weather. I don't even like snow anymore. Yeah, it's beautiful to look at, but try driving on it in the South. Trust me, it's not worth it. Perhaps that's what it is, is that I'm still feeling a a little glum 
after Halloween, and Halloween was a blast. The costumes were amazing. The performances I saw were amazing. The characters were, were fun. I had fun. I think it is the holidays that kind of reflect where we stand in relationships and friendships. And I know I've talked about it before, and I'll say it again, that I like living by myself. I have never felt lonely living by myself. The only times I've ever felt lonely was when I was in a crowd with people. Maybe that's it. Maybe I'm struggling with relationships on a friendship level right now. I am really feeling like I don't want anybody around me, and I'm not sure where that's coming from. I don't know how to explain that. Am I the only one who ever feels that way? I wonder. I can hear Mama Jean saying, bitch, get off this crazy downer shit. My God, the folks listening to you don't want to hear this lame ass whiny bitch shit. Get on with it. And Mama Jean is right. I need to get on with it the way I always do. I am enjoying life and I love talking to all of you. So let's start with an update about the Mohawk Man since I haven't mentioned him in quite a while. Are you ready? Well, I guess I could say that I'm absolutely devastated. Devastated, I tell you. The reason being is that he doesn't work the same shifts anymore. (gasps) Apparently, he's either chosen or they're making him wear a baseball cap to cover up his mohawk tattoo, which really does disappoint me. But this morning, I happened to move by that aisle that he was working, and he offered a smile that could melt butter. It was delicious. That's all I can say about that. But today was the first day that I had seen him in at least three weeks, maybe even four. And I was beginning to think that maybe he had quit already. And I got concerned. I would hope they wouldn't let him go for having a mohawk and a tattoo since he obviously had the mohawk and tattoo when they hired him. But these days, you never know what a company is going to do, do you? I'm sorry. I also, I may seem a little bit scattered again today, and you guys should be used to that now. But it was interesting. Uh, I had dinner with two old friends last night. And when I say old in this context, I mean, we've been friends for quite a long time. But it was funny that the subject of getting old came up and uh, one of my closest and oldest friends who is pushing towards 70 years old he had a lot to say about life as a gay man in a way that I know that I've brought up before in the podcast but it kind of brings it back home again to hear someone else talk about certain things he he was talking about why he doesn't come out to happy hour much anymore and why he doesn't like going to nightclubs or bars. What he said was, is that when you're at a bar or at a club, and and guys at the bar kind of look at you, and they will, well, obviously, everybody judges somewhat based on someone's appearance, but you don't think about them judging you harshly just because you're older. Maybe not a sexual attraction, but do they really believe that even just carrying on a conversation with someone who's older might mean more than just that. He talked about how hurt he was when no one would even look over or smile or even say hello to him other than people that know him. 
I guess that's the same thing that I think about too, and it makes me cynical about people. We all say that age is just a number. We also judge based on that age, not just in a possible hookup, but in everyday life. You know, it's terrible. There are laws and rules in place about discrimination based on someone's age. But how would you prove that? I remember several years ago talking to one of my coworkers. We were on the verge of losing our jobs that we had had for 19 years. In the discussion, she said, what are we going to do? Even though I was a bit younger, I still had to say, well, for my facial hair, I will either have to shave it or keep it colored, a different color than gray, because people make assumptions about everything else based on how you look. And if you look, quote unquote, old, based on that person's definition, you're probably screwed already. And you can't really prove that. How do you prove that that person didn't pick you for a a job based on your age when all they have to really say is you're not qualified? even if you are qualified. It does give you pause and it takes away some of your confidence in other aspects of your life. One of the things that I'm happy about President Biden is that he is a coherent, intelligent man who is trying to do the best he can at the age of 80, 81. Are we supposed to say that everybody who turns 75 to 80 or 85 or 90 should just be put out to pasture? Did anybody ever say that about Betty White? Does anybody say that about Dolly Parton? They do say it about Madonna, I know, and she's in her 60s, but my God, what are you supposed to do? Are you supposed to just die because the younger generation is kind of uncomfortable with you being around? I remember Madonna once saying, well, should life just end at 40? Well, if it did, you miss out on a whole bunch of your life because you still have probably a whole life left to live. Sometimes people that are younger might need to remember that one day the shoe is going to be on the other foot. Not that I like to quote a Bible, but that do unto others as you would have them do unto you makes a lot of sense. If you're a person who turns your nose up, even at a conversation with someone who's older, Well, what's going to happen to you when you are the older person wanting to talk to younger people? I mean, honestly, get a grip, people. Stop being bitches about it and enjoy life. If the worst complaint you have is that someone might be over 50, well, sweet Jesus, God, clutch your pearls and go see a therapist because a person who's 50 has plenty to offer. Now, and, and let me just throw this back the other way, too. Guys who are older, don't be just turning your nose up at younger guys either. Because either way, you can have something to offer. I guess that's what bothers me. And and what happens is, is that while two people, even with an age difference, can be happy and have a great relationship, there are people in their world who will always whisper behind their backs and judge. And society does lots of damage. And you know what? When I say society, it's, it is the law of averages. What is defined as normal in this country, in this world, is the largest number of people behaving or doing the same thing. And that works in terms of of sexuality, because about 90% of people are heterosexual. That's deemed normal. The other 10% are whatever else. 
if something is done by 50.1% of the population, that technically would be considered the normal behavior, even though you have 49.9% of people doing something else. It really does kind of reinforce the theory of evolution, doesn't it? It's so funny how there are so many people that want to dismiss evolution, but we see it in our own behaviors every single damn day, don't we? That's a curious thought, isn't it? (laughs) I want to talk about something that happened at dinner with these two friends the other night that actually in thinking about what I just talked about kind of flies in the face of what he was complaining about. Let's call my two friends. We'll call them Larry and Ben. After the conversation about being older and how younger men won't give us the time of day. Well, I get the time of day sometimes, but you know, usually it's after closing time. Obviously, three gay guys having dinner together were also people watching and lusting after the servers and bartenders and the men that are coming by our table. And they were dressed up for Halloween, but they were dressed up in Halloween costumes. The uh, staff of the restaurant was. I was on the opposite side of the table, so I couldn't see what Larry and Ben were seeing all the time. Our server, who he was a cutie, he was older than a twink and he was I guess a bit of an otter if you wanted to call him that and both Ben and Larry took to him right away there was lust in the dust with his appearance I mean they were foaming at the mouth looking at him and teasing him a little bit I think the tequila and the uh, bourbon kind of helped them along on their uh, flirtations that night all of a sudden Larry becomes disgusted. He's like, oh my God, I cannot believe he is wearing that. And I'm like, what, what, what in the world? Is he showing his cooch or what? I wanted to see, are we seeing beaver? Are we seeing manberries? What, what was it? And he says, he is wearing a totally skin tight Spider-Man outfit and he doesn't have underwear on. Oh my God, if he bends over, we'll see his butthole. (gasps) And I'm like, what? Finally, he comes into view and I'm like, Well, yeah, it's skin tight, but so he's got the costume on. You shouldn't wear that at a restaurant, Larry. was kind of gropping and and raging at it almost to the point that that Ben and I were absolutely just laughing. And Ben was like, "Uh, the server that you're you're lusting after, what do you think he has on under those shorts and that t-shirt? Isn't he naked under there too? So what's the problem here? And Larry did his best to try to explain how it was different. And I just finally had to give him that look and say, I think it is that you really do want him. You're just afraid to admit that a guy in a skin-tight Spider-Man costume that makes his ass look spectacular makes you just a little bit horny. (laughs) Now, I know that both Larry and Ben, if you're listening to this podcast, you're not going to take that so seriously. I'm just joking even though that really happened. Like I said, we need to learn to enjoy life and make fun of ourselves and have fun. It's not criticism. That was a fun conversation we had. And to be honest, both the Spider-Man server and our server who was dressed up like one of the McCormick Spices. Isn't that right? I think so. Both of them were hot as fuck. 
and we would have all three done them both. So just get over it. Enjoy the conversation. You can punch me in the teeth next time you see me. Rah, rah, rah. Chicky, chicky, bang, bang. And please don't go on Fox News and criticize me. Please don't have a press conference in front of the QAnon headquarters. Wait a minute. Where is QAnon? What is QAnon? Oh, that's right. Just a bunch of stupid cult followers of someone who doesn't even exist. Ah, I am... What? I am getting off track here tonight. You'd think I was drinking or maybe high, but I'm not. But I am excited about happy hour tonight. I cannot wait to have a few cocktails this evening and maybe flirt with a couple of guys. Maybe even flirt with you if you're listening. You never know where my mouth is going to go. It's so funny. One of my friends, well, I made the comment that I know how drunk I am based on the number of pictures I take. And I count them the next morning. It's so funny to see. I'm like, oh, wow, 35 pictures. Yeah, I must have been pretty lit last night. But that's fun, too. So that's how people know if I'm drinking a little more than usual. It's because I take a lot of selfies with other people. I don't like to take pictures of myself, even though it probably looks like I do. But I am so grateful for Snapchat filters because at least... I don't look like the crib keeper. Sweet Jesus. What else should we talk about at dinner? Um, there was something. Oh, 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 oh. The adult bookstore has been renovated. And apparently they have the video booths and glory holes. So I need to, you know, out of curiosity and as an interested podcaster looking for subject material, looking for topics to discuss... I need to check it out, I believe. And maybe we'll do a a podcast on this nameless bookstore in a nameless city in the Bible Belt area of Tennessee. Balls are not a toy. I have always been intrigued by that side of sexuality. I have just always had this fascination with the behaviors, the, the secretive side of it that forbiddenness, and I know I've mentioned it at least a dozen times on this podcast, the things that are taboo seem to appeal to me. And I'm pretty sure that stems from the strict upbringing that I had in the Baptist church, which was nothing but a pile of horse shit, if you think about it, because those who were preaching weren't practicing it. They just wanted all of us to practice what they preached when they were in the Sunday school rooms getting a blowjob or something else. You never know. Probably out in the parking lot, but once you go taboo, you just can't really go back. Isn't that right? Balls are not a toy. Something like that. It's funny when I think about it. Well, it's more interesting than funny. I think most of us gay men, we connect with, in particular, female pop stars. You go through the generations, and I can go back to Donna Summer Debbie Harry of Blondie, Cher, Bette Midler, Dolly Parton, Cindy Lauper, Britney Spears, Kylie Minogue, and Taylor Swift, I guess now. I, well, yeah, I guess. And we always seem to have a kindred spirit. I will just say that mine would be Debbie Harry of Blondie. I just think she's absolutely beautiful. She's a powerful, great songwriter, great vocalist. And has that beautiful presence over all these decades that make her iconic. 
I guess beyond just her musical style, her punk roots, she also, if you've read her biography or if you've seen any of the documentaries on Blondie, they focus a lot on Debbie as she was coming up through high school into adulthood. Apparently, there's an area in New York, I want to say, in the city. They called it Cock Mile, where there was a lot of cruising and a lot of sexual experimenting and exploration. And maybe that's a connection. Maybe we do connect with certain artists on a level deeper than we even know. She had that innate curiosity about things sexual and dove in head first or mouth first or vagina first or whatever to explore it. And I've always had that same type of curiosity. Although let's just say that when I've tried to explore the nether yaya of a woman, it did not work out so well. It's just not my thing. To put it more bluntly, I'm most probably a Kenzie six on the sexuality scale. But I wonder if you guys think that too. Is there an artist or person in pop culture that you connect with that perhaps it's on a level deeper than what you think or know? To me, that makes my bond with Blondie Music, with Debbie Harry, not only as a superstar and icon, but as a survivor. Could you imagine living Debbie Harry's life? She's still the lead singer of Blondie. They're on tour constantly. She's in her 70s. She survived heroin addiction. She survived breaking up with the love of her life, Chris Stein. She's just living this incredible life, traveling the world, being adored by millions of people. I I wonder if she just doesn't want to ever stop. I know that she has said that she doesn't want to die and she has a fear of dying. Maybe that's it. Maybe it's the drive just to keep going to see how long you go. And if she and I are like kindred spirits, I'm sure that it it crosses her mind, the end, death. And it's not something any of us want to think about, especially when life is good. So I don't fault her for that. And I'm grateful because they keep coming up with fantastic new music all the time. So for me, the icon that was around even before I was able to comprehend music is still around now. So it's been a complete part of my life and will continue to be until I die. I wouldn't be surprised if some Blondie music is played at my funeral if I have a funeral. And no, I don't want to get into that morbid shit right now anyway. I'm not trying to damper my own mood because I'm so excited about tonight and tonight's festivities at happy hour and looking at all you hot men and having some good conversation and a couple of shots and a few drinks and probably watching a football game and indulging all the primal instincts that carry me through on a weekend. Thank you for joining me for this edition of Alan After Dark. I hope you've had fun. I hope you've been entertained. I hope you're going out and having some fun tonight. Enjoy, indulge. Remember, take life by the balls and be real. We'll see you soon.